This is Lego Football. We are back with a huge show for you as we check in on Serie A, Serie B and Lega Pro. Special guest with us, the Gonzalo Higuain tribute and our Maradona tour through Naples with Alessandro. You're with your host, David Farini, back from our Italian road trip, the Lega football road trip that was, joined by Emmett and Andrea. More about that a little bit later on. Let's talk through the Serie A action from match day 10 on the winners list this week Milan Napoli Inter Atalanta Juventus and Empoli and it was the Tuscans from Empoli who were able to overcome Raffaele Palladino's Monza who had won three on the trot the Gregorio's good reflexes were eventually beaten by Nicolas Haas the Swiss midfielder getting his first goal in Serie A for Empoli Destro also struck the post Gitkia almost hit the free kick of the season good signs with Andrea Colpani he probed but couldn't beat Vicario. Rovella then copped a red card. Paladino suffers his first defeat as Monza senior team coach. And Empoli picked up just their second win of this season to go above Monza with this victory in the Classifica. On Saturday evening was the Derby della Mole. Torino hosting Juventus. Rodriguez and Cuadrado the captains. Radonjic looked lively for Toro. Milinkovic Savic denying Vlaovic, Locatelli and Rabio in quick succession with three saves in 20 seconds. Vlasic also had an effort at goal blocked by Szczesny. Moise Keane wasting a golden chance. He started up top with Vlaovic in this one. The Serb eventually tapped in an angled Danilo header, which came from a corner. That proved to be the winner enough to take all the points and the Derby della Mole belongs to Juventus. On Saturday night was the contest between Atalanta and Sassuolo at the Jevis Stadium in Bergamo. Sassuolo opening the scoring with a sweeping move as Luca D'Andrea provided a stunning assist from the right wing, his first ever assist in top flight football, and it was finished off ruthlessly by Georgios Kiriakopoulos at the back stick. Then Soppi unselfishly allowed Pasalic to equalise in first half stoppages. Adamola Lukman then dazzled with extraordinary technique around a defender and then a left foot curler to beat Consili for 2-1. And that came in the very first minute of the second half. Brandon Soppi also with the final pass yet again. Lukman now moves to four goals in this campionato. Then Berardi, he tried a tirogir from the right-hand side and hit the bar. Jeremy Borga got out there against his former side. He lined up Ruggeri, who sprayed his effort wide. Atalanta getting the job done, the three points taken, and they sat at the top of Serie A on Saturday night. That was until Napoli hosted Bologna. On Sunday evening at the Maradona, Gary Medell leading the Rosso Blue di Lorenzo for Napoli. And Joshua Zixi silenced the Partenopei Ultras with his first ever goal in Italy. A measured left footer in the 41st minute, finishing off a Cambiazzo cutback. And the 21-year-old Dutchman made up for the loss of Marco Arnautovic. Juan Jesus stepped in when it counted most for Napoli into the side for the injured Ragmane, putting away an opportunist goal from close range in first half stoppages. Hilvin Lozano and Victor Oshiman were injected into the match at halftime by Paletti took the Mexican four minutes to get on the score sheet. A fantastic angle drive. Napoli had the lead, but then Musa Barrow let fly from 30 yards and the awkward bounce created an awkward moment for Alex Moret, considered a howler by some, definitely a mistake. The ball hit powerfully and finding its way in for 2-2. 
just two minutes after Napoli took the lead. Eventually, Napoli finding the winner through a Kvaratskhelia incisive through ball, which allowed Victor Osimen to return from injury with his very own Serie A goal in the 69th minute. This is on the back of his goal against Ajax in the Champions League. Zielinski then hit the bar from yet another Kvara through ball. Dragovski repelled Lozano, but Napoli bouncing back up and over Atalanta to take back the top spot. Napoli is in red-hot form, and we were lucky enough to be there to see them play Ajax last week in the UEFA Champions League. We also went on a walking Maradona tour, which I highly recommend. We've got a video coming out of all the best bits of the Spanish Quarter and Toledo and other parts of Naples. Our tour guide, his name was Alessandro. He's a Napoli native. Here's a little bit of what happened last week. Do you think that we, the locals here, might think that we're tourists considering Andre is also dressed up in a Napoli jersey as well? Yeah, do you man. think we look touristic? Nah, I don't no, think no, so. What do you think we look like locals look, here in Napoli? Actually, I'm at Lux Napoli. What do you think? Yeah, Alessandro, be nice. No, no, no. Yeah, we look like absolute imposters. You're a Napoletano. Ciao, buongiorno. Sono Davide. Here we are in a local butcher shop Alessandro managed to get us into with Maradona memorabilia all over their walls. This meat represents Juventus. Here the butcher is showing me how he wants to kill Juventus. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Here we find one of the artists that paints all the Maradona murals and Napoli murals around town. Caught him in the act. In action. Commissioned by a guy, a local guy. What do you think of the artwork, Andrea? It's, uh, it's beautiful, man. Look, it's behind you. There's so many pictures of Diego Maradona here, up on that corner there. He's absolutely everywhere, more than Jesus. And here Emmett manages to strike up a conversation with a local lady. Where are you from? I'm from Ireland. She says Napoli's beautiful and also the women are. Alessandro then tells me that we should have informed that lady about Emmett. We should have told her that he is a Juventino. But we have to be careful around here on a Champions League day in Naples when Ajax is in town. There's other things to be worried about besides the Ajax supporters. We don't want to be worried about the Napolitans that are going to find out that he's a Juventino. to stay quiet. The artist then predicts a big Napoli win. So that's the guy that does most of the Maradona artwork that you'll see in our video. There's one last thing to see, boys. Off we go up to the Maradona murales. Tell us, Alessandro, what does that say for the people at home? This is a tribute to Gonzalo Higuain, who left Napoli for Juventus. Imagine a mural for a plumber here. You can call this hydraulic man. Roberto. Roberto. So if you can't get it out yourself and uh, there's a big Higuain in your bowl, he's going to come and get it out for you. You can call uh, Roberto. Roberto will come and do it. And then we're off up the road. This was happening at a local restaurant. A bunch of grown men dancing on a Wednesday afternoon. And this is us. 
at the Napoli game earlier in the week. Another group of grown men dancing. Ah, yes, what a week that was. We started off in Milan, we ended up in Cremona, Florence, and then down to Naples. And we'll have more for you with our Maradona Tour video and also the highlights of our Lego football road trip. But also make your way over to the Forza Napoli podcast when you get time. The host is Joe Fischetti. He was nice enough to have me on after I got back to the UK from Naples. We discuss all things Napoli, Ajax, and the Champions League. Let's get back to some of these Serie A results. Sunday's action also delivered a win for Inter over Selenitana. Lautaro Martinez scoring again versus Selenitana for last season. And another one on the weekend. Piotak testing Onana. Castanos just shooting wide, but a clinical assist from Chanaloglu and a deadly finish from Barella for 2-0. Spezia and Cremonese met at the Alberto Pico. That one ended 2-2 and Cremonese debuted Carnesecchi in goal. With Radu out injured, Cyril Dessas opened the scoring for Cremonese, but then Enzola's fantastic drive leveled the scores on 19 minutes. Three minutes later, Emil Holm, the Swede, the 22-year-old, for Spezia, scoring his debut Serie A goal. The equaliser coming for Le Tigre by Charles Piquel and Daniel Maldini returning to the Spezia squad. He got on the pitch and nearly got his first goal for his new club in the top division, but it was blocked from close range. 2-2 it ended. Cremonese Menezes still without that elusive win that they're looking for for the first time in 26 years. Lazio met Udinese at the Olimpico. Third traveled to play fourth. Samadzic hit the bar from the edge of the box. Silvestri kicked away Felipe Anderson's angled drive. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic had his header saved in the first half. Udoji failed to head on target and Yelifo put a curling effort wide. In the second half, Casale also missing the target for Lazio. Pereira's effort saved late on. And Dielofo volleyed onto the bar. It ended nil-nil, which allowed Milan back into the top four with a 2-1 away win. Viloso and Teo Hernandez captaining their sides at the Marcantonio Bentegodi. And in fact, it was Veloso who turned in a Rafael Leao cutback to put the ball into his own net for 1-0. Milan, Giroud missed a chance. Gunter's effort deflected in off Gabia to score in his 100th Verona game. Piccoli then headed onto the bar as Verona searched for the lead. Montiport denied Rebic, but not so Tonali, who ran forward and got the goal that Milan so desperately needed. Verona had some claims for a penalty at the death when Tatarosanu took down Fadaioni. Three league wins in a row for Milan to stay within striking distance of Atalanta and Napoli, the Rossoneri, go to third place, given the draw between the Bianco Celeste and Lezebrete. Dejan Stankovic has realized it's not going to get any easier at Sampdoria. Wet, windy conditions in their game. They played Roma. The cross from Tammy Abraham brushed the hand of Alex Ferrari and VAR intervened. So Lorenzo Pellegrini dispatched Roma's spot kick into the top left corner in the ninth minute. It was a cagey affair as both sides failed to impress. Rincon with a couple of weak shots for Samp. Zaniolo spurned one or two more opportunities. The 1-0 win for Roma. Mourinho gets three points for the third game in a row and moves to 22 points above Lazio and Udinese. Samp languishing in last position with three points from 10 games. Having scored just the five times, Samp has shipped 18 goals and has the fourth worst defense, but the worst attack in Serie A.
Lecce Fiorentina. Christian Kwame's header in off the woodwork was enough to cancel out the Asan Cisse opener for Lecce. That was the last game of match day 10 in Serie A. There was also a red card in this game. It went Lecce's way with Antonino Gallo sent off. So Cremonese still without a win in their return to Serie A. They were leading this one. It might be worth mentioning that Jovic went off for Fiorentina in just the seventh minute with Cabral replacing him and Cabral having that goal disallowed in the first half. Fiorentina fans not happy after the belting Lazio gave them at the Artemio Franchi last Monday and now an away draw against newly promoted Lecce. And if you haven't listened to last week's Matchday 9 pod, that was actually live from the stands of the Artemio Franchi. So make sure you go back and listen to that one. Let's have a look at the Classifica. Napoli lead on 26 points. Atalanta next on 24. Milan on 23. Starting to get some separation in that top four now with Roma on 22. Lazio and Udinese share fifth and sixth on 21 points. Then Inter and Juventus, 18 and 16 points. Sassuolo on 12. And then it starts to get very steep down that stairwell. Empoli, Torino on 11 points. Salernitana, Fiorentina and Monza share 12, 13th and 14th with 10 points. Spezia is on 9 points. Lecce on 8. Bologna 7. At this point with 10 games gone, it's Lazio with the best defence. 5 goals conceded. And then Atalanta with 6. And the best attack is Napoli with 25 goals followed by Lazio with 21. So justifiably those teams in the mix in the top four. The bottom three are Verona, Cremonese and Sampdoria, five, four and three points each respectively. Serie A top scorers. There are three players that each have six goals. That's Ciro Immobile of Lazio, Dusan Vlaovic of Juventus and Marco Arnautovic of Bologna. Kvaratskelia has five goals for Napoli with Dybala from Roma, also with five goals and Beto of Udinese. Match day 11 sees Juventus take on Empoli. It's Lenitana Spezia. Milan Monza, the Bellosconi Derby, Fiorentina and Inter should be a good one at the Artemio Franchi, Udinese Torino, Bologna Lecce, Atalanta Lazio, Roma Napoli, the Derby del Sole that will be played at the Olimpico, Cremonese plays Sampdoria, so a big chance between Cremonese and Sampdoria who will play at the Giovanni Zini to see if one of those sides can get their first win of the season, Sassuolo takes on Verona as well. Let's move on to Serie B where we've got Matt and Fabrizio that join us from the La Lanterna podcast. It's all about Genoa on that pod. And Genoa took on Cosenza on the weekend. Here are the boys. Ciao, everyone. This is Fabrizio and Matt. Ciao, Fabrizio. How are you doing? Good. And you're here from La Lanterna podcast. We're here to give a little bit of commentary to the match day nine for Genoa against Cosenza at Cosenza, which finished 2-1 for the Rosso Blue from Genova. How did you see the match, Matt? It was a frustrating one I think until we got that opening goal but it was a very active first half there was a lot of stuff that was going on in that match in the first 45 minutes including a red card and a penalty and just a complete wonder goal I I would say two penalties right well one penalty and a half just to recap so obviously it's it's away for the nth time we get another team that against Genoa are just going to basically put 11 players behind the ball so it's going to be a very tough type of play that forces us basically to take ownership of the match. You are right. The opener comes after with Coda first on a penalty, clear handball. There's no question about that one for Genoa. And then right there in between, the red card. That's right. Bonnie had picked up an early yellow card and it was kind of in a similar place in the pitch, kind of like a high tackle. It was a little bit late. He picks up a second yellow and all of a sudden we're down 
being away from home down 10, sure, we should maybe be expected to win the game, but it's a little bit worrying at this point. Definitely questionable calls from the ref with respect to the yeah. two yellows. Both yellows are quite questionable. I'm not saying they're absolutely a no, but I'm not I'm not sure the those second are... in particular was pretty... It was almost like a caress to his face without even looking where that player was. Nevertheless, few seconds after, I would say the best midfielder of City B, match day nine, did this volley halfway through in the air and did this spectacular, I'm going to call it the best goal of match day nine. I, I wouldn't argue with that one at all. I mean, what a strike from Kevin Strootman. I mean, exactly the goal we needed. I think it must have been only a few minutes after Bonnie was sent off. There are not very many players that can hit a ball like that. Out, you know, however many yards he was away from the goal, cleanly kind of first touch and then right in the bottom corner. It was a wonderful goal. That was just beautiful. To add on top of the two yellows that were not necessarily very controversial, I would say right at the end, uh, a few minutes within the, the end of the first half, there was a foul for Genoa, which VAR calls the ref to review it. From a, a foul for Genoa, it became a penalty against Genoa. Well, clearly I was wanting to blank this out of my memory. That is not a penalty. You don't give that one. Of course, Cosenza get the penalty, and I actually thought Martinez, on our, our goalkeeper, said made the save. He, he guessed correctly, but unfortunately, it was a little bit too powerful of a shot at Cosenza. Peg us back one to be 2-1 into the break. That's right. Second half, basically, it was all under control. There was no fear whatsoever uh, for Genoa. Uh, it was contained very well, one man uh, down. Uh, but at the same time, there was actually uh, maybe one or two chances towards the second part of the second half. Clean sheet, it could have gone higher. But at the end, perhaps based on that uh, contentious uh, red card, just didn't help it as well. It was a weird match. I mean, you said it best. There was a, it was a strange, questionable red card. I agree with you. It was a questionable penalty. You know, we did look in control in the second half and being down a man. It's three points. And you know what? We'll take three points away from home any day. So that makes it five wins, 18 points. We are at par at the second spot, even though technically we're on the fifth spot. Same record of body, which was the one that everybody was looking up to. And... This Saturday, we are going to play against the current lead of the league right now, which is the surprise, Ternana, playing away at Terni. All we have to say is... Yeah, the guys from the La Lanterna pod there, Fabrizio and Matt. Make sure you give them a follow on Twitter as well. They are at La Lanterna pod. Also, you can find the Genoa Club Toronto on Twitter. Let's take you through some of the results from Serie B over the weekend. Perugia 1, Sutirol 2. Bari Neil losing their first game of the season. Ascoli 2. And a way win, a comeback, a full comeback here. Full redemption for Ternana, who lead the league now. A 3-2 win away at Benevento. Cagliari beating Brescia at home 2-1. Cittadella drawing with Spal. Nil all. Two red cards for Cita in that one. Modena 5, Como 1. Some stunning form there from Modena. Pegreffi with a brace. And Como's struggles continue. A six-goal belter at the Renzo Barbera between Palermo and Pisa. 3-3. Venezia losing at home to Frost. Zinone 3-1. So the Arancio Nero Verdi in big trouble as well. But the big game of the weekend, Parma 2, 
Regina Neal. And we have a little clip here from an interview we've done with Alessandro Cittati, Parma defender. Alessandro was born in Italy, raised in Australia. And now he's back playing for the Crociati, who are now well entrenched in the top eight in sixth place. Such a, a roll-on you've got now. You've just been called up to the Italian under-21s as well. Congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about your recent call-up with Nicolato. For sure, it was a surprise being uh, one of the youngest in the squad and still being able to play in the under-20s. But I've been lucky enough and my coach at Parma believed in me and that allowed me to play so far five games this season out of seven. It was a great level, great quality and a, and a great group of lads. So how are you enjoying life in Parma? It's a great city. It's not too big, but it's not too small. There's a bit of everything. There's always something to do. Football is a big part of the city's culture. It's one of the most successful clubs here in Italy. So Parma Calcio plays a part in everyone's life. And you know, it's a great honour to be able to represent a club like this and uh, obviously play in front of the fans. You made your international debut against Norway in late March in the under-20s. You played 85 minutes in a massive 5-0 win under Alberto Bolini. It was my first call-up. You know, lots of emotions, lots of excitement being able to, to represent such a country with uh, so much past and all the success Italy has had in football. I went to Norway and Norway was, uh, I'd like to say, an overall positive. It was my first game and we won, as you said, 5-0. In absolutely freezing weather, it was cold, you know, playing with gloves and, and, and all sorts. So it was a great experience and uh, I couldn't be happier. And the illustrious win, when you put on that Azzurro jersey and you go back to Parma and you put on the Giallo Blue as you said before, Parma is one of the most successful Italian sides, the fourth most successful in terms of winning in Europe. You made your Parma debut starting against Spal in February, and that came under former Allenatore Iacchini. And Parma won that match quite convincingly, 4-0 at the Tardini. I watched that match. The atmosphere, incredible. You were tasked with defending against the likes of Melchiori and Pepe Rossi. I've spoken about this with you in an interview that we conducted back in March, but can you elaborate for our listeners about your debut? It was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. I didn't actually know I was playing just up until just before the game. Once I saw that uh, the boss put my name on the board saying I was playing, it was a it was a great feeling. I, I was uh, felt like it was my time to show, to prove, and to bring some excitement. And hopefully, I do all I can just to win the game and bring the three points home. Yeah, it was a great game playing against you know great players and player like Rossi, fantastic career. But things haven't worked out for him exactly, you know, with all the injuries and everything. But for sure, you can't take away his his technical qualities from him. Yeah, Pepe Rossi, an absolute legend of the game. So many clubs and representing Italy at senior level as well. Well, and a clean sheet for you on that day. You played just in front of Gigi Buffon, who was leading away from goals, and glorious effort. What an atmosphere it was. The bandiere in the tribune. You said it was your moment on that day, back when we spoke. Been playing there with some really big players as well. Franco Vasquez, up-and-comers like Bernabé. You've got Christian Ansaldo, who's joined from Torino. You've got all these experienced players coming in. You're definitely one of the younger ones. Do you look up to these players? If there is a particular player that you you look up to? Yeah, you got to take a bit of everything from everyone. All I'm there to do is to learn and there are some top players and they have played at the top levels and that's something I'd obviously like to do. So you got to learn so much from them, that's all you can only do. Specifically this season, one player who I actually am learning a lot from is Romagnoli. He 
previously played for Empoli. He's a great person. He's a he's a great teacher. But can't take nothing away from the others like uh, like Gigi. Obviously, you know the name speaks for itself. And then players like Antalli. You know he's a he's a great person on and off the pitch. There's there's so many things that you can learn from a player like that. Is there a historical iconic player that you would aspire to mould yourself into? There are so many players, great centre halves players. Like- you can find out exactly who Alessandro Ciccati aspires to be like. Scroll down and click on the play button when you see the Alessandro Ciccati interview here on the Lego Football platforms. You can also see that one on our YouTube channel. Tednana leads Serie B on 19 points. Regina Frosinone, Bari and Genoa are next on 18. And Parma and Brescia with 16 points apiece. Cagliari round out the top eight on 14 points. And Sudtirol also with 14 points. Still early in the season though. Modena also in a spate of good form. Three wins in a row. Ascoli, Cosenza, Spal, Cittadella and Benevento take us down towards the bottom of the table. Venezia and Palermo in the playout zone with Pisa, Como and Perugia in the relegation places. Tadnana now, that's six wins, one draw and two losses. Five wins on the trot for Cristiano Lucarelli. They take advantage of Regina and Bardi losing over the weekend. The best attack to date after nine games in Serie B is Bardi with 18 goals, followed closely by Regina and Ternana. The weakest defense for Pisa, 15 goals conceded. The Serie A duet top scorers Walid Kedira with eight goals for Bardi. Next is Mirko Antenucci of Bardi as well. So Bardi with a top two goal scorers in Serie B. Next is Liozzi of Pisa and Lamantia of Spal, Dior of Modena, Gondo of Ascoli and Inglese of Parma with four goals apiece. The upcoming fixtures, the tough games don't stop in Serie A2, Brescia, Venezia will meet on match day 10. Como takes on Benevento, Frosinone, Bari, Regina, Perugia, Spal, Cosenza, Sud Tirol, Parma, Ternana, Genoa, Palermo, Cittadella, Pisa, Modena and Ascoli, Cagliari. Let's go to Serie C, Lega Pro. Joining me today, Andy Wallace. Andy, tell us all about those shocks at the top. It's all change at the top in Serie C this weekend, starting with Gironi A, the northern section. Renate scored in the 94th minute through Napoli Loni Lorenzo Scarbi to defeat start of the season title favourites Lana Rossi Vicenza, while San Giuliano City continued their impressive form with a 1-0 home win against Pergoletese. Emanuele Anastasia, the hero there. Rounding out the top three are late dwellers Leco, who upset Novara 2-1 in Novara. Have a look for the 25-yard scorcher from Stefano Girelli. Oh yeah, what a screamer that is from Girelli, 21-year-old. That's actually his debut goal in professional football. The power of Faustino Aspilla. I recommend you go and check that out. It's on the Lega Football Twitter feed. We've retweeted there from Calcio England, who's retweeted from Eleven Italia. Elsewhere, mid-table Albino Leffe disposed of Triestina 3-0, leaving the Alabardati perilously close to the bottom of the table, a position currently held by hapless Piacenza, who were in turn defeated 2-0 by Provercelli. And Franco Ferrari di Vicenza for 27-year-old Argentine has eight goals. He's the top scorer in Girone A. He scored four in the last three. There's also a shock leader in Girone B, the central section, where Fiorenzuola lead the way after beating Montevarchi 1-0. Tied with them on 18 points at the top are Reggiana, who despite a string of unconvincing performances coming into this weekend's crunch away match against promotion hopefuls 
Rubio, and despite playing with 10 men for the whole of the second half, Elvis Kabashi, the sinner there, managed to come away with a 2-1 win thanks to an Adriano Montalto brace. And Montalto in good form, the 34-year-old that left Regina in the summer for Regina. Andy, who's at the top of Girone B? It's an Emilia-Romagna 1-2-3 at the top, thanks to Rimini's 5-0 demolition of these Bezero. Former Padova striker Claudio Santini bagged two goals in that game to take him top of the scoring charts at eight goals. Big guns Virtus Entella, Siena, Cesena are all queuing up behind, hoping to capitalise as we go into a round of midweek fixtures. Recanatese have been left at the bottom despite a nil-nil draw with Lucchese due to Alessandria winning their relegation clash with San Donato 1-0. Yeah, Lucchese in ninth spot now, just below Cesena and Entella. Take us through the southern division, Girone C. Catanzaro are now alone at the top, to Crotone suffering defeat away at Fabio Gallo's Foggia. Albanian marksman Dardan Vutai grabbed his second goal of the season there. Catanzaro themselves made hard work of Vitor Bese but still continued their fine scoring streak with a 3-2 win bringing their tally to an impressive 28 goals in 8 games. Obviously it's early days but they're on course to shatter Ternana's record 95 goal season of two years ago. What a season that was. was Spectacular viewing for every one during lockdown and Ternana now on top of Serie B. Pescara joined Crotone on 19 points that's 3 points behind Catanzaro after beating Fidelisandria 3-0 at home. Luigi Cupone and Argentine Facundo Lescano are goal twins in Pescara this season. Lescano leads the goal scoring charts on 6 where he's joint with Tommaso Biasci of Catanzaro and Monterosi's Rocco Costantino. Also in Gironici, newly promoted Gelbison are the surprise 4th placed team. Yeah, they travelled to Sicily over the weekend. Defeated a miserable Messina, who have not even looked like getting going under manager Gaetano Alteri this season. Sure, it's Messina and Fidelis Andrea at the bottom of Girone Chi and Foggia finally getting that win over Crotone. Good to see. But there's more Serie Chi games coming your way. We have a set of midweek fixtures from Tuesday through Thursday, which leads us straight into next weekend's games. Torres, Albia, a Sardinian derby, should be the pick of the bunch this weekend. I'll hand you back to David. Thank you, Andy. And I'll just let you know that the top scorers in Girone Chi are Biasci and Constantino with six goals apiece for Catanzaro and Monterosi, respectively. Once again, thank you, Andy Wallace. You can find him on Twitter at Calcistica. Well, whether you love him or hate him, we'll have to pay tribute to El Pipita Gonzalo Higuain, who's wrapped up his career. The boots are hung. The ex-Napoli Juventus and even Milan striker now has been knocked out of the playoffs with Inter Miami and had already announced his retirement. What a career he had starting at River Plate in the Argentine Primera before moving to Real Madrid in 2006. 121 goals there for Los Blancos. 91 goals in 146 games at Napoli. That's his best goal ratio. He moved on to Juventus for a record 90 million euro signing. 66 goals for the old lady from 149 games. He then went from Milan to Chelsea and finally retired in the MLS with Inter Miami, 29 goals. 31 goals also for the Albi Celeste, Argentina. He made his mark for Argentina under then-coach Diego Maradona for the last 2010 FIFA World Cup qualification games, scoring his first goal on his full debut against Peru. Unlucky not to grab a World Cup title in 2014. Three La Liga titles with Real Madrid, a Coppa Italia and Supercoppa Italiana at Napoli before 
winning three Scudetti with Juventus, two more Coppa Italias, and also finished as a UEFA Champions League runner-up. Serie A top scorer of 2015-16. What a season that was, and that's what most will remember him for. Part of the Serie A team of the year 2013-14. 2015-16 and 2016-17, but it was those 38 goals for Napoli in 42 games in 2015-16 that triggered Juventus to come in for him to prolong their dynasty. That's where he had most of his success in Italy, turning 35 in December. A prolific striker, known for the eye on goal, his physique and, and the way he could get goals at crucial times, including that record for Napoli in 2016, where he hit that hat-trick in a 4-0 home win over Frosinone in the final match of the season. He took the Capocannoniere title then with 36 goals, equaling Gino Rossetti's record set back in 1929. He absolutely destroyed everyone else in the league that season with no one else getting past 20 goals. In Boca Lupo, Gonzalo Higuain, we salute you. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode. Match day 10 of Serie A for the Lega Football Podcast. No Serie A or Serie B midweek, but there is Lega Pro Serie C. So if you need a cultural fix, you know where to go. Keep tabs with us because we're going to release the Maradona Tour video and also another video of our Lega football road trip. Thanks to Andy Wallace for the Lega Pro rap and also for the guys from the La Lanterna podcast, Matt and Fabrizio. Do give us a follow, rate and review Lega football on all the platforms. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That's all we've got time for. I'm David Farini, Serie A, Serie B commentator, your Lega football host, Ci sentiamo. This is Lego Football.